Welcome to the Get Blood Away podcast, a deeper dive into offshore wind, brought to you by the CU Wind Team. We're a group of students from the University of Colorado Boulder competing in the Department of Energy's Collegiate Wind Competition. As part of the competition, we are designing and building a model offshore wind turbine, creating a project plan for a theoretical offshore wind farm, and connecting with industry professionals and our community. By listening to this podcast, we hope you learn more about offshore wind, the collegiate wind competition, and what it's like to work together as a team. Thanks for joining us. Let's dive in. I'm your host, Ariana Carmody. I'm studying environmental engineering, and I'm the finance manager and connections lead for the CU Wind Team. In today's episode, we're going to meet the Wind Farm subteam. They're tasked with designing and developing a report for a theoretical offshore wind farm in the Gulf of Mexico. They did extensive research on environmental impacts, community outreach, and construction of offshore wind farms. They decided on a turbine for the farm, created a turbine layout, and analyzed the financial feasibility of their site for the collegiate wind competition. With that being said, let's meet the team. Hi, hello everyone. Thank you for coming to the podcast. To start off, would you all mind Introducing yourself, telling me your major and your role on the team. Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Lauren Mullen. I am an environmental engineer here at CU, and on the team, I am acting as the wind farm lead. I also want to start off by saying that after my accident last semester, <laughs> I am fine now. Ryan left it a little ominous, like it was gnarly and we had to take over for her, but I'm good now. Back on the team. Really appreciate all the support um, from everyone. and. Got a new jaw unlocked, so pretty cool. Got <laughs> Shout out, Lauren. Um, <laughs> how's it going, guys? I'm Luis. Uh, I'm an environmental engineer, and I am the environmental lead on the wind farm. Uh, it's been great working so far. Really digging a lot of the work I'm doing. Hello, everybody. I'm Chris Holiday. I'm also an environmental engineer, and I am the wind farm engineer on the team. Hey, I'm Reagan. I'm also an environmental engineer. I'm the permitting lead, but sort of makeshift accountant, I'd say. Great work. <laughs> I'm back here. I'm Ryan. Back on the podcast. I was so good last time. <laughs> Had to come back. Had to come I'm back. The wind, <laughs> I'm the wind farm uh, layout uh, engineer, so I was optimizing the layout of the turbines, and it's been great learning all that software called furrow and just learning how to place turbines on a ocean all right great guys nice of you to all introduce yourself so why did you guys decide to join the team this year oh great question um i really just wanted some more experience within the energy field um, i have a minor in energy engineering and it's something i'm passionate about um, the transfer to renewable energy in the country think that's pretty exciting and very, very necessary. Yeah, kind of similar here. Uh, I'm super into kind of the idea of decarbonizing um, the energy sector and kind of the world in general. I think renewable energy is a great way to do that. Um, and I was also just motivated by the idea of like competing, and, like representing CU, like being on a team. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I agree with Luis. I thought, you know, as an environmental engineers, we didn't get much coursework in energy. And I definitely think that's going to be one of the most important sectors moving forward into the future. 
so I thought it'd be nice to get some experience and I also wanted to see you know how the actual physical turbine model came together I thought that'd be very interesting yeah agreed I uh, I'm super pumped about renewable energy and I actually have a job in onshore wind after this so I thought I could get some more experience be a little more helpful when I get into the real world with all this stuff I wanted to see a little more hands-on kind of what goes into everything that you know I won't necessarily be doing later on but you get to know about it Ryan back here again. That was Tolman, our little dog mascot sniffing the microphone. Um, you can just listen to our last episode, go back to that and see what my answer was for that. Perfect. All right, so what have you guys all accomplished specifically in your role and like what did you learn about wind farm design or offshore wind? Yeah, um, I guess just for a little background on the project. So NREL challenged us to design an offshore wind farm as if we were really project developers. It is a theoretical wind farm, um, but we're pretending that it's not. And we are going through all the environmental mitigation strategies, the financial optimizations, the layout, um, everything that goes into designing an offshore wind farm. Um, so that was a really steep learning curve for all of us, because like Chris said, we don't get a lot of coursework in it. Um, and our team is 13 people, which is pretty big, but other schools have pretty large team working on the wind farm. Some of them have 13 people just for their finance. Um, so learning everything was pretty steep curve and where we are now, I'm pretty proud of as our wind farm is 380 megawatts and is making profit, which took a lot mm. to get mm -hmm. here. And beyond that too, um, we've also done a lot of cool work in sustainability and abiding to the environmental um, constraints that already exist there of course I'll, I'll pass to louise to talk more about that yeah yeah pretty much uh what i did was looking at all the environmental considerations we had to kind of take into account um and offshore wind's still pretty new in the u.s so it's kind of like the wild west there's just so much like kind of different and it almost seems conflicting at times kind of different um regulations you have to take into account but it was cool I don't know, just seeing how kind of all the puzzle pieces fit together and um, just what would actually go into a real wind farm, kind of seeing the real impact statements from, you know, like Vineyard Wind is one of the projects that's already being worked on, um, like kind of what they're doing and applying that to our project. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I agree with uh, what Luis was saying about kind of like the puzzle pieces going into a wind farm. So I was working on kind of selecting which turbine we were going to use. And I learned that there's a lot of interdependencies within the project. So you can't just like decide on a turbine power rating before you start looking at like financial models and like wake models. That's something that you kind of have to like just do a bunch of over and over and over again until you find something that maximizes your profit. So yeah, like we initially thought that builder or bigger was better for like wind turbines and we quickly learned that that's not always the case so i also learned that there's not a lot of information about wind turbines online <laughs> you can't really find the stuff you need in like resources like github.nrel like they seem like they might be reliable but they also seem like they might be completely incorrect so definitely confusing sometimes so i took over the financials of this um which as engineers, we don't know a lot about. And I think I, as well as probably a lot of people who are into renewable energy, 
get really frustrated when you hear things like, you know, nuclear is too expensive. We can't do that. And I'm just like, why? Just, just find a way. I don't know. <laughs> so I think, you know, I, I have a better appreciation for um, that aspect of it and, you know, why it's so expensive and you can't just make it cheaper. Um, it is getting cheaper. That's, that's the thing we've discovered as the technology gets better, but it's a really important thing to have to deal with and think about. Unfortunately, I wish we could just do it all for free. Get it done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was a big challenge. Um, using uh, software we were using for the wind farm was called Furrow. Um, it was a steep learning curve for that. Um, and but uh, once we figured that out, kind of last semester, kind of started um, quickly going through it and got very close and familiar with her. Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, just a lot of hours spent on that, trying to figure out what's the layout and trying to do a bunch of uh, optimization and changing different variables. And then when we had to change our turbine, do the financial, uh, kind of create a better financial model. I kind of added to more hours into that, but in the end, it was learned a lot and hopefully can apply that to future careers. Awesome. So it sounds like there's a lot of like challenges. Is there anything else you guys want to like touch on? Like that was probably the hardest part of this project because it is such a huge project that we're working on, even though it's all theoretical. Um, yeah, I think the, the hardest part of this section of the project is this, is the scope because it is such a big project and it's something that you can go as deep into as you really want to, no pun intended. <laughs> um, and I think that we kind of had to step back sometimes from our initial ideas. Like we came in and we were like, oh, let's put dollars on all of the um, environmental stuff so we can really maximize our profit and show we're like making all these savings because we're like turning them off during migration season or um, things like that and kind of had to step back and be like all right there's only so many of us and we all are taking a full course load of other classes so um, we need to really prioritize our time um, and I think that was probably the most challenging thing and I'm excited to see where this team goes in the future as well because now I think we have some really great resources and things set up for future years and if we could get some majors from environmental studies or business or people who are stoked about renewable energy and want to um, learn and there's like more of them like I think that um, they can really take it even further next year definitely yeah yeah I found that there was a lot of room for growth um, or there is a lot of room for growth just because you can really go as deep as you want like Lauren was saying um, I found myself getting stuck in the rabbit hole quite a few times just trying to navigate environmental regulations kind of reading all that, you know, legal language that started to make my brain hurt a little bit. Um, but yeah, just kind of navigating the legal policy world as an engineer um, was kind of difficult, but I think it's something that's definitely a necessary skill to have as an engineer, um, especially if I want to work kind of in this field. Yeah, I think one of the one of the most surprising things that I didn't expect that was difficult about this project was presenting our project to different audiences. So like when we had to present for pre-expo and then we'll have to present for expo tomorrow and just like the different audiences that you have, you have to complete or you have to present in completely different ways. 
And after like spending so many hours on this project, I'm sure all of us can like talk more fluently about each of our respective sections, but it's completely different when you're trying to explain it to somebody that like has no experience with it. So that was definitely an unexpected challenge that I think we're going to have to get used to in the next coming weeks, but I think we've done a good job so far. Yeah, I, I uh, agree with everyone. <laughs> um, I don't know if I have much more to say, but I was going to kind of hit on what Lauren said with, you know, wanting more people to be a part of this because, you know, you don't just have to be an engineer to work in renewable energy. Mm -hmm. They need people from all walks of life. And if, if this ever gets expanded to people beyond engineers, I think it'd be a really important thing. There's a lot of, oh, I dare say this, I was gonna say there's a lot of money in renewable energy right now, but. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's really important to bring a lot of different people in and help, help us out with these things that we don't necessarily know or we're taught and it's all part of the real world. Uh, could you repeat the question? Yeah. <laughs> I got a little distracted. My electrician was at home trying to fix my heating, so I was responding to that. Oh, no, no problem. I guess that you kind of touched on it, but like, what was your biggest challenge? If there's anything you have to add on to that. Oh yeah, I kind of answered that in the last question. Yeah, just doing all of the furrow stuff and kind of what everyone else is touching on, like just how broad a range of knowledge you need and we didn't really have any of that from the very beginning so just having to find the resources for that to um, learn what we need and and find out what we need um, and yeah just getting more people from all over campus um, involved in future years trying to build upon that legacy yeah i guess kind of to go off of that it's it's super awesome that we're like learning so much because there's only like 13 of us or probably even less of that just on the wind farm sub team so it forces us to learn a lot it would be helpful to have more people but i think because it's so small like we get the opportunity to like to learn everything that we know so going off of that you guys are probably know more about offshore wind than probably like 90 percent of the population so um what do you guys think the future of offshore wind is like what are opportunities there like challenges that you foresee coming um I think the future of offshore winds is really exciting. And of course, all of our answers are going to be biased because um, we've dedicated so much time to this. And um, But there is so much wind off the coast of the United States. And the exciting thing about offshore wind is it's always there and it's very consistent because there's no complex terrain that's um, making it more turbulent, um, which messes up with the um, turbine mechanisms. So it's always there. And you don't have transportation limitations. You don't have to take these blades that are like four football fields long down the road. You can just assemble them at the port and put them in the water. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, there's only, like Luis was saying, there's only seven turbines in the um, United States waters right now. And in Europe, there is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. So we have some catching up to do. There's a lot of potential there. Um, I really hope we all graduate this year too. So I really hope <laughs> as we step foot into the wind industry, I hope that um, we get to really see some big, big moves. I know there's already some projects off the coast of New Jersey, Virginia, Massachusetts, but in the Gulf, maybe California. Um, yeah. You want to touch on anything? Yeah, I think it's just exciting. Um, just as a power source, how many like homes. I guess offshore wind can power. Um, isn't it? Weren't you saying, Chris? Like one turbine could power like 
5,000 homes or something. Yeah, like 15 megawatts is like 5,000. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. Like, that's just a really big amount of energy kind of at our fingertips. Um, but I think in the future, like California, like floating offshore wind platforms, um, definitely super exciting. You know, there's a lot of free energy just out there. Well, not completely free, but, you know, energy ready to be harnessed. Not free. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not free, but it's there. Uh, yeah, I think offshore wind is exciting because it kind of has, as Lauren mentioned, some of the challenges aren't there as onshore wind. And I think one of the most important ones that is starting to be recognized more recently is that uh, a lot of our population centers are near waterways where we can put offshore wind. And that removes the big challenge of transmission. So like instead of having our onshore wind turbines in Kansas where there's not a lot of people, and we have to completely rebuild like our electrical infrastructure it'd be nice to, you know, have a large source of power just off like the coast of Los Angeles or something like that. And then also it just seems like it might be less complicated to get, you know, the rights towards the space we need for the turbines instead of the complicated like permitting process and, you know, the not in my backyard people that might exist for onshore wind. Yeah, I'm gonna probably add a more Debbie Downer perspective about this. I think, you know, it's been proven that we can, there's there's enough power in the oceans, right? What thirty gigawatts is hundred gigawatts? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, but you know a lot of this hinges on policy, and nothing would be affordable if it weren't for the IRA, Inflation Reduction Act that was just passed. And if that doesn't continue, then you know it's it's not it's not going to be affordable. It's not going to be feasible. And if we keep spending money on projects like the oil and gas that was just approved um you know it's if we're putting our resources elsewhere it's not gonna we're not gonna be able to build that much so i think it we have to keep pushing to encourage it um because it can happen if people allow it but that is still a very big roadblock in the u.s at least yeah I'll take last episode. I was a little more pessimistic on it. Um, <laughs> since Reagan took that side, I'll, I'll kind of try to end on a good note. Optimism. Yeah. <laughs> um, and after, I feel like there's a movement heading that in that direction, especially after teaching, doing like workshops with like K through 12 kids and seeing their parents and just seeing how excited they get about it and just trying to get that younger generation that's going to be going into those footsteps of just getting all interested in that technology and knowing about it. So when it comes to their backyard, they're all for it um, and just trying to yeah get over that hurdle. And I, th I think we will. I'm going to pass it over to a guest speaker who <laughs> on our own wind farm, we um, worked through some sort of community outreach plan because we found that pretty impactful. So I'm going to pass it over to Ryan Stoltz. Thank you all for having me back here. It's a pleasure to see y'all again. Um, little little insight that I'm willing to offer. I think uh, renewable energy is like a, a bubble ready to burst. Um, we're, we've got a lot of people really interested in it. And, uh, you know, I really see it as a growth industry coming up here in the next couple decades. Um, it is going to take, like Reagan said, a lot of help from the government. Good old... Uh, books. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, as more and more people, you know, our age start to become, you know, enter the workforce and get into positions of power, I really see this as 
an excellent opportunity to uh, do some good in the world. Okay, well, that was a perfect lead in to my next question. Because as Lauren mentioned, a lot of us are seniors and we're about a week or two away from graduating. So what are your guys' plans after you graduate? Are you interested in joining the wind industry or the wind industry or any renewable energy industry or anything else? Like, what are you guys up to? It's always a scary question because <laughs> I think I like no one knows what they're doing. But like, I think that's kind of the point. I think that's what I'm realizing about life. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we graduate two weeks from today, which is super exciting. And um, I have a job doing renewable energy consulting here in Denver, which is pretty exciting. They do mostly solar. So I'm not working in the wind industry yet, but I am hopeful to get back into it. And I'm excited to see my teammates there, I hope. Um, yeah, being on the team has just been the best experience because, like we've been saying, we're only 13 of us. So we're all really close. Everyone's really driven to see some change in the world and um, fight the good fight. Um, but yeah, my job doesn't start till September. So I'm going to go to Europe for a month. And I'm going to hike the Colorado Trail, go on a nice long walk and breathe some air outside, I think. It's a long walk. 500 miles. Yeah. yeah, so I'm planning to get, you know, some rest at least a little bit for a month after school um, and then hopefully jump into a job. Been uh, interviewing for some renewable energy companies here in Boulder. Um, one Hit that does. Hit them up, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, one that does uh, solar and the other one that does um, solar and wind. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah, very excited to get into it. Very excited to work on some actual, you know, projects and, you know, contribute to something I really believe in. Yeah, so after graduation, I'll pretty much immediately be starting an internship um, at this company called Arcadis, and they do a lot of environmental engineering consulting, but they also have started to delve into renewables as they're an international company. And a lot of their projects in Europe deal with changing the infrastructure for renewables and kind of working with the grid. So yeah, I'll be doing that um, for the summer and then I'm returning to CU for a one-year master's program in mechanical engineering, trying to reinforce kind of my technical understanding of renewable technology. And then uh, planning to stick with the company part-time during school year and then hopefully transition into a position that's more energy focused than like water or groundwater focused, which might be over the summer. Um, me and your lovely host, Ariana. I'm going to be working at our, actually our project director's rival company in the wind industry. So yeah, we're at a pretty cool company starting after school that does, it's a consultant company for wind and solar farms. We do the site design of those. I'm pretty much starting right after I graduate because your girls got to make some money. <laughs> I mentioned this in last episode, so again, go back and listen to that. Um, but yeah, I'll, you'll catch me on the Colorado Trail flying also, hiking that way. But then yeah, I'll also be on the John Muir Trail later on, and then New Zealand. So yeah, I'm kind of taking a nice little break, and then yeah, get into the wind industry um, the start of the next year. Breaks are definitely needed. I'm definitely taking a couple months off. I don't know what I'm doing yet, but I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. So um, my final question is, why would you guys recommend someone join the CU win team or any collegiate win competition team? Great question. Um, I think this project is a lot of work, obviously, like we've been saying, but it has been the most fulfilling work I've done yet. Um, I would dare to say my whole academic career, well, we've been in school for like 16 years now, um, give or take. So. <laughs> 
Um, looking back on it, I'm like the most proud of this project that I've been in anything that I've done. And I think it's going to be exciting when um, the leasing blocks that we've been looking at in the Gulf of Mexico actually go up for auction in like the coming years. And we can actually see which ones people um, auction for and be like, oh, our team picked those ones right there. And um, beyond that, working on a team, this has kind of just been like industry boot camp almost and like really getting accustomed to what it's like working on a team of people um, and how to work together, how to get things done, delegating, meeting logistics, things like that have all been a learning process that I think is just so essential to going into the industry. Um, and I love it. The team dynamics are super fun. I am biased in my statement, but I think we are one of the best senior design teams here at CU because of our work-life balance and our passion for good change in this world. Yeah. Ooh, that's a great yeah. answer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can add much more. Uh, <laughs> it's just cool to be surrounded by people who are also passionate about the work. Um, and I've definitely gotten to learn a lot, and it's been really, really sick. Uh, yeah, I think it's a really valuable experience if you want to be involved in the renewable industry at all, because kind of we're learning lessons that we would learn otherwise if we just jump right into work. And I think it just feels like really real, like it's actually being done at like real, like, you know, consulting firms or at NREL. So I don't know, it just seems like really rewarding to also be involved in that process. Yeah, I think this project is really, really good experience for the real world because you, you know, you're not going to show up on day one of your job and they're going to say, please solve some integrals for me. They're, mm -hmm. they're going to say, you need to learn this program. We need to find a way to, you know, create creatively figure out this problem. That's not a math problem. <laughs> um, you know, I, I can't say the same for mechanical engineers on the team, but as far as, you know, environmentalism, what we're doing. So your classes don't teach you any really a lot that we've been doing. You have to learn it for yourself and it's a really good experience and if you want to be in the industry this would look hella good on your resume yeah so yeah um i'll end by saying that i think my favorite part of engineering and what i hoped it would be is that um there's a lot in this world that's like gets overwhelming and it's like wow things are just getting worse and nothing's getting better and i really like engineering and being around environmental engineers because um it is so solution-based and there's so much hope for change. Um, and especially like talking to the younger kids and seeing like even the underclassmen underneath us really care about wind, like in our wind club or whatever. Um, something's gotta change, it has to, um, or else we're not gonna have much time left here. And so it's exciting to be on the front end of that and like more exciting to like step into that world following graduation. Let's go wind. <laughs> okay well i'm really blown away by everyone's response it was really wonderful talking to you all <laughs> i'm out of puns so thank you guys what is a wait what is a wind turbine's favorite genre of music yeah no i'm gonna say no i'm gonna say no no you'll hear Don't leave the people, the people gotta know the people gotta know yeah. they're a big metal fan thank you <laughs> <laughs>